Hey everyone, uh, Sri Ram here. This is a, a solo pod, uh, kind of a unique one because I'm only going to be addressing two fights uh, and also probably a fairly short one. Uh, I'm not nearly as good at you know just spinning stuff out of thin air as uh, Ed, who's uh, just you know a, a fountain of delights. Uh, unlike you know, I'm, I'm I'm not that sort of guy, so it'll probably be a fairly short one. Honestly, probably something that uh, should be expressed more in an article because I can actually think my way through things. But uh, yeah, rare solo pod for me that's not with uh, live material right in front of me. So um, enjoy this or don't. Uh, but yeah, so I'm here to talk about Rob Font versus Jose Aldo primarily. Uh, there's another fight on that card, uh, Brad Riddell versus Rafael Fiziev, which I'm a lot less equipped to cover, but uh, I'll talk about that as well. Uh, we're, it's been kind of a busy week for a lot of us, uh, so this will be the, uh, the primary piece of content on those fights that we're putting out, unless I'm missing something. Uh, so, yeah, Rob Fawn versus Jose Aldo, no surprise to anybody. Love this fight. Uh, tremendous fight between two, I think at this point it's safe to say top Bantamweights, uh, 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 like even a year ago, it would be kind of silly to call Rob Fon a top bantamweight, and even sillier to call Jose Aldo top bantamweight. Uh, but well, a year ago, I guess Yan Aldo was before that, so not as silly to call Jose Aldo a top bantamweight. But either way, neither one really had the wins to back that up. Uh, but now they do. Uh, both of them are on some decently hot streaks, uh, Aldo more for the performances that he's had than like the length of the streak. Rob Font emphatically both. So really interesting fight. The winner should be in line for a title shot, uh, you know, without really doing anything. It's very likely that the winner ends up against like Sanhagen or Dillashaw or something. But if the universe were just, this win would be enough to get them to that point. Um, but, you know, it's Bantamweight. It's bound to be cursed. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to rematch Alzheimer's Sterling at some point. Uh, fight DJ Dillashaw at some point, and these people are just going to be waiting around for a year. And I doubt either of them really wants to do that. Uh, you know, Fonz had a couple year-long layoffs. And he has reportedly hated them a lot. Uh, and Jose Aldo, he's, you know, as good as he's looked, he's on the clock. So if he ends up winning this one, he should probably try to spin it forward as quickly as he can. Um, yeah, the fight. So absolutely amazing fight. Um, one of the more interesting fights, I think, like, Rob Font is one of those fighters who there's really not that much to talk about aside from just the fight. So any fight that he's in, that has to be the intrigue. And luckily, he has a skill set that makes pretty much any fight that he's in uh, intriguing in at least some way. He brings similar tools to every single uh, fight, but it's a reliable, very concrete skill set that you can gauge because he's fought so many guys who are irrelevant at Bantamweight. Some of them have looked really well equipped against the skill set. Some of them haven't. Uh, Jose Aldo, I think it's probably going to be a blend of both, and uh, we'll, we'll get to it later, at least at this point. Uh, I'm going to be upfront here and say that I'm picking Rob Font for this fight. Uh, I might talk myself out of it, but right now I'm picking Rob Font for this fight. Uh, and I would also very confidently say that if Jose Aldo were in the form that we saw him in his featherweight prime, Rob Font would not stand a chance. But uh, that that isn't the world that we live in. And yeah, I mean, Font is actually fighting a fairly decent version of Aldo, uh, one who's really worked out the bantamweight cut, one who's worked out the sort of adaptations they'll have to make as an older fighter, uh, which aren't just, you know, hope the guy is... Uh, not durable enough to just storm the way he did against Sonata Moicano, you know, a really consistent uh, three round, at least gambit that he'll be able to keep up for three rounds and maybe even get a little bit stronger as the fight went on. If you saw against Pedro Munoz. So I think this, both of them are coming off real career defining wins. Uh, Jose Aldo, I mean, it's a career defining win because of, you know, he's old and uh, he just beat a guy who is, uh, he should be a lot more impossible 
for an old fighter of all those persuasion to beat than he turned out to be. Uh, you know, Munoz just uh, indestructible, tremendously attritive, tremendously opportunistic, uh, insanely durable. Uh, and for Jose Aldo to hold him off the way that he did, just insane. Uh, where Rob Font, he, uh, his was more a test of margins. Uh, Cody Garbrandt was not a fight that should have troubled him, but happily, a fight that shouldn't have troubled him, in fact, did not trouble him, which is something that uh, it's rarer than you tend to see, because uh, Rob Font got a matchup that he should have won very dominantly, and he did, in fact, win it very dominantly against an opponent who people, I think, rate... Mm, I'm not going to talk the win down, I guess. Uh, I was very impressed with him. Uh, I thought Font looked great. And I thought Cody Garbrandt looked like himself. And I think I'll leave it at that without going into what himself for Cody Garbrandt really is. Uh, but yeah, if you, I wrote articles on both of those fights. You can check those out. Those are actually the last two that I wrote. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a very important fight to me personally. And it's a very important fight for Bantam White. But as for the dynamic, so the big issue with Rob Font is that pretty much everything he does flows through his jab. And this isn't a particularly uncommon thing, especially for his camp. Uh, we saw Calvin Cater struggle with similar things that Font struggled with uh, right after their fights at UFC 220, which is actually kind of funny. Both of them had really, you know, concrete showings of how their jabs can work against fighters who deal with it reactively. Calvin Cater knocked out Shane Burgos uh, with the right hand off the jab as Burgos started to react to it. Uh, you know, pulled and Cater stepped in with the rhythm switch. And Font had that fight against Thomas Almeida, where Almeida would slip inside and out, and Font eventually started throwing his jab away and cracked him with the right hand as he was out of position. Right after that, we saw the issue with really relying on the jab the way both of those guys do when uh, Calvin Cater lost to Hanato Moicano and Rob Font lost to Rafael Sonsal. So both of those guys, as opposed to dealing with the jab reactively, they dealt with it proactively. And especially given the way that Aldo's cardio has looked, maybe not in the Munoz fight, but even in the Munoz fight, he's working around it a bit. The way that Aldo's cardio has looked since his later days of featherweight, the extra cut at Bantamweight, I think this is really the big question of the fight, is can Aldo deal with the jab proactively instead of reactively? Because if it's reactively, I think he'll be spending a lot more energy dealing with the jab than he's going to want to. Whereas if he deals with it proactively, there's a very good chance that Rob Font kind of looks impotent for a lot of the fight. I'm still not sure that's enough for Aldo to win the fight just because of the athletic issues with him going five rounds, Rob Font being stupid durable, Rob Font being impeccably conditioned and being able to put on a ton of volume. Just It's going to take a lot of active limiting for Jose Aldo to win this fight, in my opinion. And at this point in his career, I'm not as sure he's capable of it. Uh, because it, the thing is, it's not just his cardio that's declined. Uh, it's his defensive reactions. And in a way, it's even his ring craft a little bit. Not as bad as it looked against Marlon Marias or um, Chido Vera against Munoz. It looked quite good where he was you know, constantly retreating on angles and pivoting around Munoz as he stepped into him. But he is retreating a bit more on straight lines. He's a little bit less comfortable in the pocket. Uh, and that lack of comfort in the pocket is compounded by a he's his reactions aren't as strong and that's pretty expected uh to, to be able to fight that sort of really limiting game plan that he did in his prime it's going to take really sharp impeccable reflexes you know to be able to slip and duck and pull on command uh to be able to stay in the pocket and work on those sorts of margins to not concede an inch of space when you don't want to it's it's insane jose aldo ever being able to do that is insane and being able to do that now would be incomprehensible so the fact that it's kind of gone down, it's not surprising. And the fact that he's able to work around it a little bit to still be 
someone who can beat Pedro Munoz the way that he did, it's insane. It's almost as incomprehensible as just being prime Aldo because people don't change this deep into their career. It's very hard to see people changing this much. So with all that said, I think Rob Font has the tools to make it a lot tougher for Jose Aldo to deal with this stuff reactively because one, Jose Aldo, he's struggling a lot more dealing with jabs than he used to. Um, Marlon Marais won their fight mostly with the strength of the jab, where he was able to get Aldo walking into him and uh, just, you know, jab him up on the back foot. I think he landed at least one good left hook off that as well. So Aldo's reaction is not as great. Uh, Pedro Munoz, a lot of his success came off the jab as well, uh, where it wasn't, you know, the thing with Munoz is the way that he tried to push a pace, it relied heavily on just being in front of Aldo, like in range, threatening with tools by like just moving into him. Um, when Munoz stood back a little bit, it actually didn't completely fail. Um, he, when he started, you know, kind of actually playing off his lead hand, playing it off the left hook, playing it off the left hook to the body, playing it off the collar tie, which is, as I'll go into it later, that's one thing that Rob Font absolutely loves, something that he does a lot. Uh, it actually worked a bit. The, the other issue was that when Munoz was in range to really threaten with the jab, Aldo was in range to counter jab. Uh, Aldo could just consistently walk him into the clinch or counter with the jab or counter with the body shots. Rob Font is a bit more of a longer threat. He's going to draw things out and step back. Uh, and I think Aldo, he's good at covering distance with his counters. He did a bunch against Max Holloway. But it's the sort of thing that I kind of, I'm guessing he's going to ration a little bit more and just countering in place with a guy walking into him, especially since Munoz gave him the option to uh, smother him into the clinch a lot more than I expect Font to. Because a lot of what Munoz did, he jab and duck. And that's where Aldo would start countering with the uppercut or countering with the knee or walking into the clinch. He, he did one of those three things constantly throughout the fight. And uh, Rob Font, I think he's going to give him a little bit less openings to smother him in that way. He's going to jab from range and, you know, just stay back. He's going to jab from range, probably like layer on, uh, you know, throwaway jabs and the, the front kick, which he does pretty decently. And Aldo's going to have to respond to each one of those in turn instead of, uh, you know, just smothering into the clinch and turning him, which I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for Aldo to deal with because yeah, Aldo can counter them really consistently, but if, if Font is stepping back with it, it's going to be a lot more on Aldo to ration those responses than it was against Pedro Munoz. So it's an interesting fight as for what Aldo can really do. I think it goes in things that aren't the boxing, um, I think counter-kicking Font is deceptively tough. Uh, you're, the way that Rafael Asuncao managed to get Font walking into counters was by using, utilizing the hand trap and these really measured retreats. So Font would try to jab in. He could never really get the distance right because Asuncao was constantly like mummy guarding him. And um, at that point, Font would try to step in a lot deeper. He concede. Uh, he tried to account for the distance between Asuncao's hands and his head by stepping forward a lot more aggressively instead of like fainting into range, which just didn't work at that point. So that left font open for counters where Sunset could start using the jab as a cue to counter with like the right hand or the leg kick or at one point a spinning heel kick. But I'm not sure Aldo is going to do those same sorts of things. He's not the same sort of fighter. Uh, he's going to try to slip and pull and counter off those. And I think that's a lot tougher when you're Aldo at this stage in his career. Um, yeah, I think Font is going to have a lot more success drawing out these counters because another thing about Rafael Asuncao, he's completely fine not countering a lot in a fight. Like the first round of the Font fight, Asuncao pretty much did nothing but retreat 
Uh, he did nothing but catch the jab and step back, catch the jab and step back, and just waiting for Rob Font to step in hard. I'm not sure Aldo's going to be able to do that just because so much of his success in this fight likely hinges upon backing Font off early. So at that point, I think Font's going to be able to faint things out. Now, the big issue with Font is generally going to be kick defense and defense on the inside, uh, which, I mean, I guess you could just generally call it defense. Rob Font is... He's pretty solid at not getting hit when he's in control of the action. When he's able to draw things out, he's very, very consistent at just, you know, fainting into range, drawing things out and punishing, throwing away a jab, drawing something out, stepping back, uh, even like slipping and like proactive defense with his jab and his straight. Those are pretty strong. It's just reactively, he's not quite as strong. Uh, John Lineker was probably the best example of this, where Lineker was able to just put him under pressure and uh, hit him a lot for free. Uh, Font isn't really a counterpuncher. Uh, he's very good on the lead at drawing things out and countering them, but he generally wants the initiative. I think, if anything, that's probably the biggest difference between him and his teammate, Calvin Cater. Um, it's something that I've been thinking about for a weird amount of time, just because both of them seem really similar in terms of the tools that they have. But Calvin Cater, he's been boxing since he's like a young child, and you can really tell how comfortable he is in a fight where a lot less is happening. He's a lot more fine with letting his opponent do something and reacting to it. Uh, he's a sharper defensive fighter than Rob Font. He's a sharper counterpuncher than Rob Font by a, a good amount. It's not particularly close. Um, both of them lead in similar ways, but Calvin Cater is the counterpuncher of the two. He's the defensive fighter of the two. And that means that he can have fights like Dan Ige, for instance, where Ige just sort of does things and runs into a brick wall and Calvin Cater just sort of builds his way into the fight based on the reactions that he's having. Rob Font, uh, it's a story that really came out in the uh, Cody Garbrandt buildup. He started really being familiar with fighting, apparently, when he was like 21, which is insane because that, that's not common even in MMA at this point. And it's especially not common in a strong division like 135, where, you know, guys like Peter Yan have been boxing forever. Guys like Corey Sanhagen have been in combat sports forever, I'm pretty sure. It's just, it's really rare. So the thing with Rob Font is he covers up his lack of comfort reacting, which is common when you start that late, by just constantly doing things. Um, and a lot of his defensive considerations come from okay, I'm doing this, how's he going to respond? And I'll deal with it that way. I think one of the more interesting things is uh, how he deals with guys slipping inside and outside of his jab, for instance. Uh, he's not as mechanically sharp a jabber as Calvin Cater, but he uses the fact that his jab's out there to do some pretty interesting things. Uh, we saw it against Cody Garbrandt to some extent, where like when Garbrandt would get into that sort of coiled stance on the fence and try to spring back up with the right hand, Fon would just sort of frame on him, or just shove him back up with the elbow uh, against Thomas Almeida. Uh, he did the same thing where when Almeida slipped outside the jab, he started just framing on him to enter into the clinch or set up elbows against Ricky Simone, who slipped to the inside. Fon would just slap on the collar ties and shot the jab out and start lining up right hands. So it's a system that works based on the things that he's doing, but it works a lot worse when he's the one forced to respond. Um, and we even saw that in the Garbrandt fight, where a lot of Fon's response was getting behind his shoulder, sure, getting clinch entry, sure, but he wasn't punishing Garbrandt for the things that he was doing, he was waiting for him to finish and going afterwards. So that raises an interesting question for Jose Aldo, because a lot of Aldo's success at 135 against some people like Marlon Marias was crowding it, pressuring hard, going to the body actively, kicking on the lead, that sort of thing. And the issue is against Marlon Marias, Aldo stopped really doing a lot except moving forward by round three. It was a tough fight for him. Pressuring, it's a lot 
I think you could say it's easier on his brain. It's harder on his body. He's going to have to do a lot more things. So he's going to try that against Rob Font. He's going to be playing that against is Font durable enough to take it. And yeah, Font's been hurt before, but he's looked really durable in the past. Uh, it's tough to really count on banging him out early. He's, he's very composed under fire. He's fairly good at recovering from big knockdowns through saw against Sun Sao. Uh, Munoz took advantage of a knockdown immediately and choked him out. But other than that, it's been really tough to see him, you know, taken out like that. Like it's, he's a hard man to finish. He walked into a Cody Garbrandt left hook in the first round and just ate it. It didn't matter to him. So if that's the play, it's going to be tough. Now going to Font's body, not all that hard. Ricky Simone managed it. Uh, and I think he hurt him in the third round with it, but it's really, again, it's playing. Will Aldo be able to keep this up for longer than Font's body will be able to keep it up. And I think that's a dangerous game to play. But the other thing is that if Aldo stands back, it's going to be giving Font the initiative. Not necessarily, like that's not necessarily the, the way that things work, but I think in this case it is the case because Rob Font, he's going to be able to start fainting into range, drawing reactions out. And I don't think Aldo is quite that guy anymore where he's going to be able to just, you know, clown the jab incredibly easily. I don't think he has the, uh, the reflexes for that anymore to counter it and force Font to stop jabbing. Um, I think it's going to be a tough fight where Font is going to start pulling reactions out at range instead of giving Aldo the opportunity to stifle them or counter them. It's going to be Font standing back and just forcing Aldo to work. And that's a tough fight for Jose Aldo. I think a durable pressure jabber against Jose Aldo over five rounds, people are kind of overthinking it, uh, especially with old Aldo. It's going to be a, a fight that Aldo is not going to enjoy. But yeah, there are a lot of interesting considerations. Uh, where I was going with all this before I went on this insane tangent, which is why I need Ed really. Uh, but it is that if Aldo can kick, I think there are some interesting things that he can do, but the issue is that he's going to have to kick on the lead because we saw against Cody Garbrandt, Aldo uh, or Font rather, he can faint out counter kicks. And I don't really know if Aldo's going to want to, if Aldo's going to play the sort of game that makes Font vulnerable to that sort of game where Font's going to start, you know, barreling forward, feeding himself into counters and counter kicks because he can't land the jab. I don't really know if Aldo's going to be able to play that game. I think Font's going to start fainting out reactions and fainting out those counter kicks, which means Aldo's going to have to be the one to put it together. Uh, I'm not as sure he's going to do that when the range is a lot longer. Uh, Font pretty decent at pulling his leg back from kicks when he has the initiative. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. And um, Aldo's generally going to have to put it behind punch combinations that, uh, I mean, he might, it's very possible, but uh, I'm not sure it's going to be as big a consideration as people think. The other consideration is the wrestling, and I think this is where Aldo can have a good bit of success. I'm not sure he'll submit Font, uh, just because, you know, Font, he seems like an all right grappler, not an amazing one, but, you know, from the bottom, he can do a couple things. He, he's also just not really all that much of a wrestler, like, at all. Um, Ricky Simone, Cody Garbrandt, Marlon Marias, all of them took him down. Uh, Aldo, when he got tired against Marlon Vera, he did go to the wrestling I don't think he like got a conventional takedown, but he did uh, close when Vera came in hot, although just closed the distance into the clinch, got to his back and took it. So uh, that's definitely an option with Ralph on, uh, but I'm not sure to like when Aldo was hurt by Piotr Jan, he also shot. Jan is just a much better defensive wrestler than Rob Font. So uh, who really knows? I mean, I think shooting on Font is generally a good way to take him down. Like, 
you're, you're going to get it probably like he has a guillotine threat, but it's nothing amazing. And he goes to it far too often to really defend takedowns all that often. Uh, dipping when he expects it is pretty dangerous because he does like the, the rear uppercut a lot. Uh, he did walk Douglas Silva DeAndrage into a wicked knee at the end of the first round when they fought. But generally, if you shoot, you're going to be able to get it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely an option for Jose Aldo. I'm just not as sure how he's going to, uh, if he's going to enforce it for an entire fight. It's uh, it's tricky. It's not the game that he usually played. Like, in his prime, he pretty much took down every striker he fought. But uh, at this point, I think it's going to be a lot tougher to really play that game consistently if he really needs to over five rounds against someone who he is scrambling on the ground. He's pretty decent at uh, forcing motion through submission attempts. And, I mean, Aldo could just tap him out, I guess, but it uh, it's hard to assume that. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure that wrestling is a bulletproof path. Now, I think if Rob Font gets his fight, it's going to be pretty ugly for Jose Aldo after a certain point because I do trust Aldo to counter the jab and deal with the jab early. I think – I'm kind of of the mind of pretty much everyone that Jose Aldo is going to have a, a strong first round, round and a half, maybe two rounds, just because Fod, as we mentioned, he is counterable. Uh, once Aldo starts rationing his responses, I think it's going to be tougher for him, but I do think Aldo can you know, start countering to the body as he did against Pedro Munoz. He can uh, cross counter as Cody Garbrandt found a couple times, but I think eventually Font is probably going to start piling it on. Uh, the other thing is um, Font. I mentioned earlier the way that Font's jab sort of interacts with his clinch entries and the way that it interacts with those little frames he does. And I think it's interesting in the case of Aldo, just because it's like the exact opposite of what happened in Cody Garbrandt, because pretty much everything that Cody Garbrandt did in that fight, in terms of the counters, at least when the jab showed up, he like ducked down hard out of uh, the Font's line of sight. He'd do like that big crouch thing he did against Rafael Sonsao. He, um, he put himself hard out of position. And that's a lot of what made Rob Font's framing that effective because it, he could just stop Cody in his tracks where he's like in no position to really hit anything. He could just shove him down or shove him back up, straighten him back out uh, or just post on him. That's what he did in the first round where like he jabbed Cody ducked underneath and Rob just like posted on him uh, on like the back of his neck and Cody couldn't pop back up. So a lot of that, it's going to be tougher with Jose Aldo for sure, because although he's a lot harder to get out of position, that's like, the thing that really made him so fearsome in his prime was that you couldn't outposition him with your feet and his defense was just so tight and springy. It's pretty much impossible to just, you know, consistently without being a Max Holloway, you can play with rhythm and volume the way that he did. It's really, really hard to get him slipping and catch him there because he's always over his feet. He's folding over his hips soundly. He's quick to counter. He's quick to get back to a neutral position. All that said, I think Font could have some interesting outcomes here just because when he jabs and all those slips to the inside of the outside, if Font's able to do that sort of thing, it's going to force Aldo to probably go more for simultaneous counters. Now, that's not insanely hard to do with Rob Font, but the way that he layers his jab makes simultaneous counters a pretty tough way to, to deal with them. Because, like, yeah, mechanically, he's able to be countered. He's able to be countered in combination. He's not much of a defensive fighter. But he's going to start fainting you out. And I think it puts Aldo in an interesting catch-22 if that sort of thing starts working, where he can't really catch and pitch the way he did, for instance, against Pedro Munoz's leg kicks. Or, um... 
it's going to be a lot tougher for him to counter simultaneously because he's going to have to, he doesn't really have the option to catch and pitch. Uh, if Fonts able to get this part of his game going. Now, I'm not really sure how good Aldo is in the clinch anymore. Uh, there were a couple of sort of ephemeral clinch exchanges against Pedro Munoz that he had full control over when Munoz would like jab and duck. Aldo would just duck down and meet him with the shoulder and turn him and immediately exit. Font, he's a pretty solid clinch fighter. Uh, we've seen it a couple of times. He can work off the, uh, the double collar tie when guys start ducking or slipping inside his jab. Uh, he can work off that frame when guys slip outside and go for elbows. He's a good infighter where he can like sort of get his hands on people against the fence and just start lamping them with the other hand as he did against uh, Thomas Almeida. He's generally pretty creative when it comes to uh, working with frames and collar ties on the inside. And if he's able to get that game going, I think it could get, it could snowball for Aldo pretty quickly at this stage in his career. But I don't know. Like, it's very possible that Font just can't line that sort of thing up just because of how sound all those defenses where he can just, you know, slip and get back before Font's really able to do anything or just like weave out and all and Font's like, you know, what the hell's going on. But yeah, it's, it's a really interesting fight just because a lot of these guys' tools, they interact in interesting ways. It's, uh, you know, all those fairly specific anti-jab game that we saw against Pedro Munoz against, I, I think, generally, genuinely one of the better jabs in the division. Fon knows what he's doing with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting conflict. I just, I generally don't really know if I can trust Jose Aldo at this point to deal with this sort of challenge over five rounds. I think it's going to take a lot slower of a fight than Rob Font tends to enforce. And I think Aldo is going to have to work really, really hard to uh, either enforce a slower fight with the wrestling or to, um, you know, keep up in Rob Font's fight. It's a tough fight to keep up in. Like Cody Garbrandt, a lot of people said he gassed in the second round. I didn't really see it, if I'm honest with you. But he also did get kicked in the body a bunch. He got jolted and interrupted out of his rhythm with a jab like a billion times. And like even Prime Aldo, he struggled when it came to – I wouldn't say Prime Aldo fought Max Holloway, but even Prime Aldo would have struggled with Max Holloway because of the way that Holloway's jab – and the way that he could play with rhythm and the way that he can pull guys out of position, the durability, the pressure, it's a tough fight for Aldo athletically, I think. And even the ways that he could do things, I'm not sure they're going to get Rob Fon out of there. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe I'm just rambling on a bit too long, uh, but I, I think I'm pretty confident going with Rob Fon. I mean, I think Aldo's going to have to fight against type to really make this happen. Uh, and I think, the bits of success that he's going to have, probably not enough to just, you know, clap font like in a moment. It's going to be tough. Uh, I think the long game is pretty convincingly fonts and he has five rounds to work with. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, font starts playing off his jab, uh, gets hit very hard a couple times, almost certainly, but uh, starts wearing on Aldo just with the feints and with the throwaways. Uh, starts forcing Aldo out of position and into counters that he doesn't want to throw, starts punishing him, probably clinching him, uh, you know, deals some damage. And I don't know if I'll pick him to stop him. I think I will. Uh, let, let, I think I'll go with uh, Font round five finish. I think the diff, like, it, it's going to be weird to say because Peter Jan is definitely better than Rob Font and he had a lot of trouble with Jose Aldo. But it's also the sort of thing where Font fights it. A, a longer range than Piotr Jan. He relies more on the sort of, you know, naked straight shots that Piotr Jan is too smart to throw. Uh, and like Jan had success with that early. I think Font is the sort of fighter who is, um, he's going to be able to take advantage of where all those decline the most. And he's going to start, you know, layering volume on pretty consistently. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough fight. 
for uh, for Jose Aldo. I hope he looks good, but uh, I've been on the record as being someone like explicitly rooting for Font. A because I like him a lot. I've liked him since like 2016 ish. Uh, he, he's very good, very interesting fighter who hasn't really fulfilled his potential until like right now. Uh, but also because there's really no place for Aldo to go from here. Like there's really no route for him to lose to someone more interesting who isn't just Peter Jan again. And I, I don't really want to see Jan Aldo too. Like that's a scary fight for Aldo in terms of things that aren't just, oh, he lost the fight. He, he took a lot of damage in that first fight. And Peter Jan, he's going to get to it quicker. If we know anything about Peter Jan, it's that he's a smart man. And uh, he, he knows he has the tools to deal with Aldo now. So I don't really want to see three rounds or four rounds or five rounds of Pierre Jan beating on Jose Aldo. It's just not that interesting to me, as interested as I am in both of those fighters. I love both of them, but that we've seen that fight. It's over. Uh, and I don't want that to be the conclusion of uh, the Aldo run. The other alternative is, you know, Aldo beats Font and ends up being booked against Sean O'Malley or something, and eventually he's going to look old. Uh, and I don't want him to look old with Font on his record because that's going to look bad on everybody. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Aldo is pretty clearly the greatest of all time, and if he wins here, he is just beyond everyone else. Like, it is absurd how much further out he is than everyone, because Font, he's a very good win. Like, he's flawed in certain ways, for sure, but he is a tremendous win to have, especially if you're late in your career, especially now. Like, there have been reports that Rob Font is super um, – like, he's, like, really coachable. He's a great student. He's been improving steadily. Uh, over the last couple of years, like you're not really seeing it like in terms of like new tools, but he's getting better at the stuff that he's doing. He's getting, he's growing more composed. He's growing more disciplined. Cody Garbrandt was a really good showcase of all of those things. So being this form of font, I think it's, it, it, it wouldn't be the crown jewel of all those career, but even that's impressive that a win like this wouldn't be because that's a tremendous win. Uh, but if font gets it, I mean, it'd be tough to call him that underachiever that he was a while ago anymore. Because, like, yeah, Cody Garbrandt, he's Cody Garbrandt. Uh, Marlon Marias is old, but Aldo's off his best performance in a pretty long time uh, against someone who had beaten Font in the past. And uh, if Font delivers, it'd be cool. So, yeah, I'm rooting for Font. I think it, it, there's really no way that Aldo ends up losing to someone cooler who deserves it more in terms of the career trajectory that they've had, who's impressed me more. Like, he could end up losing to Corey Sanhagen or something, but, like, you know, he's not Font. He's cool, but he's not Rob Font. Uh, so who, you know, really knows. But, yeah, so very, very cool fight. Like, I can't really express how much I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, and that's even more impressive because I know for a fact I'm going to be very unhappy at the end of it regardless of who wins. Because, you know, even if Font wins and that's the outcome that I wanted more, it's Jose Aldo. So, uh, yeah, that's that fight. Um, as for the co-main event, Brad Riddell versus Rafael Fizzi, very cool fight in itself. Um, seems like a pretty classic, you know, fast starter versus fast ender in a way. Uh, Rafael Fiziev, very quick at, uh, you know, blasting those kicks on the counter, uh, blasting those combinations on the counter. The issue is he doesn't really know how to uh, sort of manage his energy. He's on a hair trigger with those kicks where it doesn't even really matter if he lands clean with them. He's like completely fine with just blasting guys with his feet. Uh, he works in these super long counter combination strings uh, that, like if guys start going at him with non-committal volume, it can really draw out those things. And like, as the thing is, I think Fazeev's cardio is actually very good. It's just that the way that he fights, it's impossible to keep that up for three rounds, regardless of how good your cardio is. When you're blasting everything at full speed and you're completely fine with just 
driving your foot into people's elbows. Uh, and the other guy, he's generally not going, if he's smart, he's going to start drawing those things out with non-committal volume. And uh, that's going to leave him a little bit fresher as the third round rolls around. And that's what we've seen. Uh, you know, Fazeev has just kind of let guys into the fight later, regardless of how they're, um, what they're doing, whether they're just getting beaten up. Like Mark Tukisi and Alex White were let back into the fight in the third round. Uh, Hanato Moicano, unfortunately, didn't make it that far. But uh, Bobby Green, I think, approached Fazeev the smartest out of anyone who's gone longer than a round with him, you know, didn't just spin kick him in the head. Uh, Green did a good job. He, you know, started jabbing and doing those linear kicks that he does. And Fazeev just sort of blasted and went mad at him. Uh, won the first two rounds, I think, according to the scorecards. Started, you know, backing him up, putting combinations together, ducking him into kicks. But Green took over because Fazeev was just spending so much energy. Uh, Brad Riddell, also a very interesting fighter. I think we've seen in the past that he is... He takes a little bit to get going, which is the uh, sort of central tension in this fight. You know, like Alex De Silva was able to annoy him a little bit by just like kicking linearly and wrestling. Uh, Drew Dober was able to shock him early with that straight left. And Drew Dober, like he's he seems like kind of a spoiler for strikers a lot of the time. Uh, you know, for wrestlers, it's not as tough. But for strikers, it seems pretty tough to outmaneuver him early where he's, you know, just a ferocious combo puncher. He's a quick puncher. He's a southpaw. All those things can annoy people. So, um <sighs> Yeah, so it, Riddell getting hurt there, not as bad. And Riddell did eventually figure the fight out. A lot of it with his footwork, where he's able to just angle around uh, Drew Dober a lot. There was this one point at the end of the first round uh, where, like, he stepped in close and stepped out an angle as Drew Dober, like, swung the left hand. And he was, like, Dober wasn't even facing it. It was insane. There were a lot of points. I think Drew Dober started um, trying to draw out Riddell's counters by throwing away his left hand. And Riddell started like pivoting past his lead foot and like, like these super long extended exchanges. It was insane. I loved it. Uh, like Dober, he had some success just leading with the straight super hard and shocking Riddell early. When he tried to play off it and those smarter exchanges, Brad Riddell started really taking over. So uh, if you go back and read the, uh, Danny Martin's article on uh, Brad Riddell, the sort of competition he faced in kickboxing, it's not surprising. Uh, so this is the sort of fight where, I mean, it's not really that hard to say Fazeev needs to bang him out early. I think that's the case. Fazeev probably needs to bang him out early because the longer the fight goes, I think Riddell's going to figure some stuff out, probably start fainting kicks out, uh, you know, stepping back, start working him. I think the pocket exchanges are pretty interesting because Fazeev can definitely compete there early. He's a smart, clever combination puncher on the counter. Uh, and Riddell, he's pretty solid defensively, but a lot of it's his feet. Uh, he is hittable in the pocket just because he spends so much time there. Like Jamie Malarkey is not, he looks better than he did in that fight uh, as a win, but like Riddell did kind of hang out in the pocket in that fight a really long time and got left hooked in the third round for his trouble. So, uh, you know, sometimes that stuff just happens when you spend as much time as Riddell does, but he's a really composed sequential pocket operator. He's very good at it. Uh, so I think the pocket exchanges are going to be very cool early in the fight. It's just the longer the fight goes, I think Riddell's going to take over. Um, so yeah, it hinges on round two, as it usually does with the, with the physique fight. Like he's going to be a handful in the first round, uh, and especially with Riddell not really having his reads early, I think he's going to be a handful for Riddell in the first round. The third round, I think he's probably going to start slowing down because Riddell's going to make him work. I think it's a hard fight for both men. So if it gets to round three, I think Riddell's going to have that round. It's just can Riddell figure out the fight before like the halfway point of the second round? So it's an interesting sort of fight. Uh, I'm rooting for Brad Riddell. I think he has more upside just because, you know, he can go for three hard rounds. 
like lightweight really needs those sorts of prospects, you know, guys who can really consistently work, uh, guys without like massive game breaking flaws that we have seen Riddell get wrestled a little bit, but he also seems insanely strong physically. Uh, he's a, he's getting better. He's at a camp that is pretty consistently gotten guys to a passable level of wrestling. He's never going to like, you know, out wrestle Islam Mahachev or anything, but he's going to do well against guys who are strikers. We're going to try to wrestle them when they're getting outstruck. So that's something, but yeah. So uh, cool fights, cool set of fights. I like this event uh, for those two fights alone. Man, like Rob Font versus Jose Aldo, that's going to be a, a scary one. But uh, yeah, so thanks for joining me. Go check out those articles that I mentioned from pretty much like a bunch of people on staff, I guess. Uh, yeah, go check out the website. Uh, go through our sponsors. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to plug them here, but you know, go to the Patreon. That's the important thing. If you take nothing else away from this uh, thing, it's one, Rob Font is cool. Two, Jose Aldo is cool. And three, go to the Patreon uh, I should probably put three in one because then we can tell you the other two things through our discord, but uh, you know, uh, my priorities are all out of whack. So yeah. So go to the Patreon $3 to get in, to get everything. Uh, you'll be able to uh, view a whole bunch of content that we've done live commentaries, uh, mostly live commentaries, honestly, like a whole bunch of live commentaries, but also content that we can't put on YouTube and that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, go check that out. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hope this was more enjoyable than, uh, it should have been on paper. So uh, yeah, thanks for joining me.